right. Uh, hello, this is Jeff. This is my evolving podcast, and um, I'm sitting here with my, my brother-in-law, Clay Garman, and we found some time. He's in town up at, around Fort Worth uh, this weekend, so we found a little window here where we can do this podcast. We've been wanting to try to record one at some point for the last couple months or so. Uh, so Clay is... Uh, we're, a, lot, a lot of this conversation will probably be about his job as a high school football coach and kind of getting how he got into that. But I mean, it's we're going to talk about other stuff too. But uh, that's that's the plan going into it. But we're going to kind of let it go where it wants to go. Uh, so uh, are you? You can talk now. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. So, okay, so you just, we're recording this right at the beginning of June. It's like the 3rd, I think, uh, 2018, and uh, it's a Sunday, and you you guys just got out of school for the summer. About two weeks ago, yeah. About, About a week and a half ago, I guess, yeah. And you, okay, you, your, your family, he's married to my sister, Brittany. And they have two kids. And if you listen to an earlier episode with my niece Kinsey, that's his daughter that was on that. So if you if you're a diehard and you've been like listening to all these, like I'm mainly talking to uh, my mom, I think when, when I say that. But uh, so you okay? You guys, it's kind of an interesting situation because you all, it's a, um, it's a small. Is it one A or two A? Uh, we're one A. One A. Okay, and um. It's 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 in Eden, Texas, which I didn't know where that was. And Eden's about forty five miles east of San Angelo, uh, right in West Central Texas. So small little town. Uh, we have fifty about fifty five, fifty six kids in high school. Uh, yeah, I said that right. Fifty five kids. Um, we uh, we play six man football. We don't have enough to play even play eleven man football. So the most football y'all y'all seen. Uh, our game's a little different. Uh, we are, this is our, well, Brittany and I will be entering our third year at Eden, um, but it'll be my second year as a head football coach. Um, first year, Brittany was high school math, and I was, uh, I was a girls basketball coach, and then last summer I had the opportunity to take the head football job, so I took it, and then Brittany actually moved to elementary. Uh, so our first year and our second year were completely different jobs, even though we are in the same school. Uh, but I'm about to enter my second year as the head football coach. And uh, Brittany's going to enter her second year teaching elementary, but it'll be uh, our third year at Eden. Uh, both kids go to Eden. Uh, Kenzie will be a, a fourth grader, and uh, Clayton will be a first grader. Kenzie's nine, Clayton's six. They grow up fast. And uh, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our world. Uh, this will be my ninth year coaching. So uh, it'll be my f- wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, it'll be my fifth year in six man. So, it's pretty interesting just because the the complex where the school is, it's kind of all next to each other. Uh, like, yeah. Um, we kind of joke we we don't have a junior high. Uh, we have an elementary, which actually in one building is about six classrooms covers kindergarten through fifth grade. Uh, so it's one classroom per grade. Uh, each class is average. The smallest class I think has seven kids in it per grade, and the the largest I think has twenty two, uh, maybe twenty five. Uh, but uh, my building, the high school building, there is, I think there's seven faculty members. We're actually two buildings. 
uh, four of them, four teachers over in the junior high building, which also has our basketball gym in it. And then there's uh, three teachers or four teachers in the high school. So there's eight eight teachers total, a couple of aides, and of course a principal. But that, that's covering junior high and high school, and that's covering all sure. subjects. Uh, I teach, uh, in addition to coaching, I also just teach uh, all high school social studies. So if you're if you're a high school student and you got to take a social studies class, which all you have to all four years, uh, I'm the only social studies teacher you have. Oh, I didn't know you, I didn't know you taught all, all four years. I taught all four years. I teach uh, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors. Oh my gosh! So e- each period is a different class. It's not 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 just a different group of kids. It's a totally different subject. Man, does that get pretty complicated trying to keep that straight? Or? Um, not really. It's kind of you just you just get used to it. You kind of go in just in a different mode. Um, kind of age different. I mean, it, a lot of it they intertwine. I mean, of course, American history is part of world history. So, I and since I'm an American and I know more about American history, that one's pretty easy. Uh, world history is it's getting to learn a lot. I'm, that's about the sixth year I've taught that, so I kind of, kind of get that, understand that, and then um, government economics. That's probably the newest one I've taught, and and that that's uh, politics is very, very on top of everybody's mind. We're not gonna go into much politics here, but that's something definitely that is easy because politics is such on the front forth of everybody's conversation. Uh, it helps open up conversations in government class. So it's kind of, kind of interesting how our government works, kind of helps helps excuse me helps uh, uh, people understand what what exactly is uh being talked about and what's going on um i don't, I don't want to get into that stuff either but i am curious if uh so high school kids are already pretty engaged or they know oh, kind of yeah, what's going absolutely. on yeah. absolutely um they definitely they definitely know um was interesting about uh two years ago my first year there of course it was an election year um and that's definitely uh, we we did a map about electoral college, which that helped teach that, and and that's the thing that electoral college is is something that's not very well known, um, but it is how our country's ran, and so seeing seeing how the electoral college selects a president, and and um, the, the previous election, like I said, it was uh the the we did a daily prediction of who would win what state, and we followed this particular website, and uh, the website was absolutely. Um, leaning one way until the day of the election, which the other person actually won, um, and so it was almost like kids followed it for five months and then realized that's not how it ended up. So I remember when that was going on. For, I mean, everybody remembers. When right, that was going and, on. and so I mean, it was definitely government. I mean, the, the, the kids are definitely into politics. I mean, whether you agree with the the current president or not, or or other people. I mean, each kid kids are the same as just adults. Uh, a lot. Of, the biggest thing to teach them is. Because everybody's got the right to their own opinion, uh, whether you agree with it or not, it's still their right to their own opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, and what I try to do, I try to keep my personal opinions out of it, but I let them use it. But understand, we gotta you gotta be respectful whether you agree or not. I mean, that's part of being an adult. That's part of being a leadership. And and a lot of school and a lot of coaching is not just t- teaching the subject; it's also teaching how to be an adult. Um, I think that's something like any any even adult like needs to keep in mind you know that everybody can have their own opinion and there's a lot of divisiveness these days but let's talk about something else yeah no we're good we're good okay so i don't i'd I'd probably heard of six-man football before i met you (laughs) 
you two have been married. Tw- did you say we've been married twelve years? Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, you're good. We've been married twelve years. Um, I've coached at four different places. Uh, I think we counted it up. We've been married twelve years, and we've lived in I think eleven different houses. Uh, my math may be wrong. I may have to sit down and do it over again. But Brittany and I have moved a lot, and Jeffrey's actually got to move us a lot. Um, and now some of those we moved to the, live in the same house, the same place. Not we didn't move to eleven different towns, but and one time we moved out of a house, moved to another house, and then moved to another house, and then moved back to our original house. So that was definitely um, a uh, an interesting experience. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, 12 years, I spent uh first two years in a place called Meadow, small little town right outside of Lubbock, population 400. Um, we lived on the uh, 4th Street, which was actually the 5th Street in the town. Like If you're coming off the highway, you go, it was Sonny Curtis Street, and then 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and once you hit 4th Street, you're already out of town. Um, it was 4 streets by like 6 streets, So, but we lived on 4th Street, and behind our house was the cotton field, and you're already out of town. So, um, definitely small. Then we spent one year at a place called Klondike. And then, uh, then moved on to Junction and, and lived there for three years. That's where I didn't coach 11 man. I mean, that's where I coached 11 man, not six man. But, uh, and then got out of coaching for a few years, got in the ministry, and then got back into coaching and coaching at Eden, which is six man. Uh, for those that don't know about six man, uh, there's some definitely differences. Uh, but it still is football. I mean, it's still. We still have shoulder pads. We still have helmets. Uh, it may look crazy, but we still have plays. We still have design stuff. Um, some of the biggest rule differences, if you if you know football, some of the biggest rule differences. Um, obviously, we only have six players. Uh, another one of the biggest rule differences is everybody's an eligible receiver, uh, which means anybody can catch the pass. Uh, you could be number 58, a big old lineman kid. You can run downfield and you're wide open. You can score a, touch, a touchdown. It, 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 that's part of the game. Uh, another big rule is whoever takes the snap, whoever's a quarterback cannot pass the line of scrimmage. He has to pitch it off to somebody else uh, before they can run. or They usually pitch it back to somebody catches the snap, pitches it back to the quarterback. That way the quarterback can run or to um, or uh, he can run or pass. Uh, we definitely, uh, our field's smaller. Our field's only 80 yards long. Uh, a regular 11 man's 100 yards long. Uh, our field is only 40 yards wide. A regular 11 man field is 55 yards wide. Um, we're very high scoring. Um, defense, defense is there, and there's some good defenses. However, um, scoring is a lot easier. It's such a wide open game. Uh, we still teach blocking and tackling. That's the same as a uh, as 11 man game. It's just it's not as crowded. Um, it almost in some ways uh, resemble resembles more of a backyard football game. Uh, but uh, if you used to play backyard football with your friends in the park or whatever. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing, almost like the same thing as that, if you can imagine that. But we do tackle, we have pads. Um, the communities are definitely are just definitely just as involved. Um, I mean, a lot of small schools. We, our school, in particular, I'm in it right now, Eden. We do have a band. A lot of schools don't. Uh, so halftime may be some cheerleaders dancing to a speaker, or uh, just some kids playing. Um, there's some schools that have like a, they'll have a bass drum and they'll just beat the bass drum every time something's good. Uh, but six man is definitely um, just because it's not the football everybody thinks about. It, it's still, still a big time. I mean, Friday nights are still a big deal. Uh, kids still wear those jerseys to school. They still look forward to Friday night games. Um, 
it's it's just as real to them. Uh, it's just as real to me. Uh, definitely, uh, there are some 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 advantages of six man. Um, <clears throat> just a second. For example, uh, scoring, like I said, it's, it's heavy. Uh, we actually, in six-man, we have a mercy rule because we score so much. Uh, if a team's up by 45 points at halftime or any time in the second half, the ball game's automatically over. Really? Yeah. Does that happen? <laughs> oh, it happens over half the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's about 55%, I think. Some Somebody keeps up with these statistics. I don't know. Wow. I don't. But uh, about 55% of the games in at halftime. And, and it was crazy about it is like, and most football, you you like just run out the clock. Well, running out the clock in six man is not really that big of a deal in the second half. If you're up by 45 points, I mean it could be 238 left in the third quarter, and you score to go up by 45, it's over. Uh, there's there's no uh, no everybody getting a second chance or anything. It, it, it's over. Um, well, there's some some other rule differences like a lot of stuff like you have to go 10 yards for first down and six man. We gotta go 15 kickoffs. We gotta go 15. Um, different things like that. Uh, how we kick our extra points are a little different. Um, in 11-man, if you kick it, it's worth one. And if you run it in, it's worth two. In 6-man, we flip it uh, because it's a lot easier to run it in because it's such a wide-open game than it is to kick it. And so so in 6-man, if you run it in, it's only one. And if you kick it, it's two, um, which that can cost you games. Huh. I've lost a lot of games for extra missed points. But um, but also just the atmosphere, it, it, it's fun. Um a lot of schools, our school in particular has a track where a former 11-man school, but in a lot of schools that used to play 11-man are too small now to play, they play six-man, uh, that, that's our case. But a lot of these, a lot of these small schools like don't have a track, and uh, barely have some stands. I mean, their stands maybe fit 50 people. Uh, it's it's nothing uncommon to go to a six-man game and and people uh, there's no track, so they have a dirt they have a dirt track. So it's like a looks like a road, and people will bring their truck and pretty much. Uh, Back their trucks in, like literally to the edge of the back of the edge edge of the football field, and on the sidelines, they sit in the back of their tailgate. Mm. Um, and so it, it it almost has that little league baseball feel to it, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's pretty interesting, of course. I mean, small towns. There's usually somebody barbecue pit cooking some burgers for their concession stand or something like that. It's pretty 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 interesting. Pretty uh, it's a pretty neat little deal. Uh, pretty pretty cool atmosphere. I mean, we still you got schools. Some schools have nice stuff like they have tracks and blow up run through signs and all that all that stuff which which is really really neat um we have some schools that have turf fields uh ours is not but uh that'd be i mean so really we have a lot of the stuff the big towns is just a it's a small tight-knit uh definitely community in a way type of game so it's a it, it's it's not everybody's football but it's our football so so we really enjoy it i was gonna i had a couple of questions i think you said you have 11 players or 10, 12 players or something um, this, uh, in the high school? Uh, yeah, this upcoming year I'll probably have, uh, depending on how many kids come out, I'll probably have between uh, 12 and 15 players total. That's freshmen through seniors in high school uh, that come play football. So that, that, I mean, that, that's that's why we play. I mean, in football you need more than 11 to play 11-man football because injuries and all that stuff. But we, we have about 12 kids total. So it's um, definitely everybody's. If you're a freshman, you're on varsity. There's no, there's no JV. You just, you get to play with the big boys. So. And you do they switch back and forth between uh, offense and defense? Like, yeah, every, everybody everything plays. else is just like, just like it's just like a normal football game. Okay. We just have less players. Okay. So yeah. Okay, that that's where I'm like, cause I didn't play 
football in high school. Uh-huh. In normal, in regular high school, do do the is they it, do offense and defense? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they you do. Score, okay. you kick it off, and the other team gets on offense. Are you okay? Are you turning over different things? It's not like everybody gets a chance to score, and then the other tournaments, it's back and forth. So. Okay. And y'all, okay, so you, it's beginning of June right now. You said you guys start back up middle of July? Is uh, coaches will start working about middle of July. Um, I'm actually probably about two weeks of vacation this week. This week's one of them. Um, I was working all last week to trying to get ready. And, and a lot of it is there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot more, especially becoming a head coach. I learn how much more there really is to get into it. Um, there's a lot of preparation. Uh, what people don't. I mean, it's what people don't see is the preparation. Um, a football game lasts two and a half hours, maybe if it's a full game. Uh, some six-man games have lasted less than an hour, just because of score and stuff. But for that two and a half hours, there's probably, I mean, at least sixty, seventy hours a week putting into it. I mean, it's it's a lot of preparation, a lot of a lot of getting ready. Um, um, off season, getting getting lifting weights, getting kids ready for physical, physically. Um, yeah, we're in, we're in summer, like I said, two weeks. Coaches will will officially start, um, officially start in 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 mid July. Uh, then then August, first Monday in August is w- is when we can start two days, which means we can have formal practices with our kids, and we usually practice for about a week and a half. Then we can have our first scrimmage against somebody else, uh, and then you get two weeks of scrimmages, and usually your third week of football, actually your fourth week of football is your first week of school, and it's actually the first game of first week you start Friday night oh. football. First yeah. week of school, wow. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll start school uh, at the end of August, and I think our first football game this year is actually September first. It's on a Saturday, so usually first weekends at last weekend in August is usually the first uh, first week in high school football. We've already we've already scrimmaged two weeks before that and practiced a week prior to that, so we're already a month in when we play our first game. So, but coaches are already in almost two months in before we play our first game. So. In the season, like if if you don't go to playoffs or anything, what, if you don't go to playoffs. Go? You're usually done the first second week in in, in November, uh, usually around the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, somewhere in there, depending on how the calendar falls. Uh, you play. Um, if you don't make the playoffs, the football season is eleven weeks. Uh, you get ten weeks to play. Ele- oh, you get sorry. You get eleven weeks to play ten games. Um, you're only allowed to play ten, but you, they have built in the schedule ten weeks, so you can do a bye. Uh, for example, our district's an odd number, which means if everybody went to head-to-head, there's still somebody every week that doesn't have somebody to play, and so you get a bye. And so we'll actually play, we'll play ten games, and we'll have one bye. So you have uh, eleven weeks to put ten games in. So, and then then if you make the playoffs the way uh, six-man football works in Texas, there's if you make it to the fifth round, um, thirty-two teams make the playoffs. Uh, you make it to the fifth round. That's the state championship game. Uh, 11 man, 64 teams or more get to play in the playoffs per division. So they actually have another week that we don't have. Um, so, yeah, uh, our state championships uh, the last couple of years have been in Cowboy Stadium. So uh, we've got towns that are size of 100 people, 200 people playing in a stadium that holds 110,000 people. Uh, it's it's but but these people get behind their towns. I mean. State yeah. championship game, six man state championship game had like seven thousand people, which I know doesn't oh, wow. seem like much, but when you have a population of four hundred, seven thousand is a lot of people. Mm. Uh, of course, seven thousand in a hundred ten thousand facility seat facility doesn't look that really that impressive, but 
It's pretty neat, though. I mean, to get to play where the Cowboys play is pretty cool. You a lot of times, because I live or we live kind of like, uh, you know, twenty minutes away from Cowboy Stadium, and he'll come for Christmas or New Year's or is it usually on New it's, Year's? It's usually around Christmas. Oh, Christmas, Christmas, okay. Christmas break. Uh, state championships usually in the weekend before Christmas, or depending on the calendar. I think this past year was like the twenty third, twenty second, twenty third. Um, some years it's some years it's about a week before Christmas. Some years it's two weeks before Christmas. It all depends on kind of how the calendar falls and and uh, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a festival. Uh, Texas loves their high school football, and it's definitely uh, it's interesting because it, it's like it's almost like a it's like a festival. They'll have there's a there's six division or there's six uh, classifications in Texas, one uh, A through six A. But then each classification has two state championship games, and there's two sets of playoffs. So there's actually 12 state championship games. So there's actually, we have 12 state champions in Texas, just depending on what size school you are. Um, and what they do here is they kind of have a festival where, like, on Wednesday they start the six-man games. And they, they play three games on Wednesday, three games on Thursday, three games on Friday. Check that. It's Thursday, Friday. No? No, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They'll play three, four, four days. They play three games each. And yeah. uh, it's definitely, definitely a cool experience. And uh, I love watching. I mean, I, I love watching Love Man. I mean, I coached it and watched it my whole life, so it's it's still still a love. I mean, I understand it. And, and six man, when you get down to it, it's not really that much different. And so it's football's football, and I've been a football fan my whole life, and just so I enjoy watching it. And I always tell Brittany's like, hey, let's. My wife Brittany, Jeff's uh, sister, is like, hey, let's go visit family, and I'll just go to happen go to the state championship game while I'm out there. I mean, I'm that close. I can't can't stay away. And it, it, like you say, it, it's an all day thing. Like it's like a, you know, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. He's like, where's Clay? He's like, oh, he already left. He's probably the game yeah, might have uh, started. Last year, I think the first game was like eleven, so I left 11. here like about eight, and so I could be. And I'm a football coach. I want to watch the warm up, so I want to be at the the stadium opens at ten. I'm gonna be there at ten. I, I only stayed one day this year. I've had friends that actually stay all four days. Uh, they'll spend just to come and like, like a, just watch all twelve games and never leave the stadium and eat cowboy food and and all that stuff and it's pretty pretty interesting pretty pretty neat thing to watch. Uh, one okay, one question I had was uh, I played basketball in high school. Like, I mean, I didn't get very far. I think I stopped it like my sophomore year. But I remember we, like we'd drive to the other schools and it maybe it'd be forty five minutes. Sometimes there'd be Maybe once a season there'd be some school that was two hours away, but I was wondering like for the smaller schools like uh, d- is kinda, it just how far depends. are you driving? It's just like um, I mean uh, Shane, who mm-hmm. uh, Shane is uh, married to uh, Jeffrey's cousin. He's he's a former coach, and like his whole district, like the first game he had to drive was like forty five minutes. Um, in West Texas, everything's far spread out. There's a lot of six-man schools more in West Texas because populations are smaller. Um, we've had uh, some of our some of our I, I played a game where we traveled five hours one night to play. Oh man, um, that was that was a unique experience. We left at ten o'clock in the morning uh, to play. They were in a different time zone, and we kind of got our time zones messed up, so we ended up playing. Really, a different yeah, time zone. A different time zone. Um, about thirty miles outside of but outside of El Paso. Which El Paso, um, from where we live, El Paso is 455 miles. Um, but where I was coaching at, we played at a place called Dell City, which was uh, 60 miles, take about about 60 miles uh, east of El Paso, uh, which is still way out there. It was about 400 mile trip for that day. 
Um, but about, I think about maybe about 60 miles, 65 miles outside of El Paso, you actually, in, you change into mountain time zone. I it's did not part know of, that. Yeah. Um, it's the only part of Texas that's not in a central time zone. It's actually a mountain, uh, which means they're an hour behind. So, so our eight o'clock is actually their seven o'clock. Well, we got mixed up on times and they wanted to play at eight, I think eight o'clock their time, which ended up being nine o'clock, uh, most of Texas's time. Uh, so I remember we left at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we played, um, I think we ended up playing at 7.30 their time, which was 8.30 our time. Finished there, got there by about 10.30. We, we left Dell City. We get, we pulled into back into our school at, uh, I think, uh, 3.15 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that was definitely definitely an interesting experience. Um, this past year, and that was not at the school I'm at now, but one of this past year, we were in a district that was pretty far. Uh, three, uh, Two out of three teams in our other district were at least two and a half, three-hour trips. Um, and the thing is, is what's cool about in, in football, you're you're in in, in Texas, and not just football, but in all sports, you're in UIL, which is our public school governing body. They put you in uh, districts, and uh, how you do it is is in football is you alternate. So if one year you go there, the next year their high school comes here. Um, but the kicker to that is, I mean, two and a half, three hour trip. We had to make that trip at least once a week because if our our junior high always plays opposite of our high school. So if I was at home on Friday night, which was cool, I didn't have to travel. But on Thursday night, we'd travel. And we're the junior oh. high coaches, too. We'd have to travel two and a half hours, three hours south to play a junior high game and then come back and play the high school game at our house the next night. Or if our junior high was at home, that meant our varsity, our high school team, was on the road. And So every week, it I mean, I'd rather play a varsity game at home than a junior high game at home. But uh, just for the advantage of stuff. But uh, every week, you're making about two and a half, three hour bus trip, and uh, these aren't these aren't these nice, uh, but they're not nice Greyhound buses. <laughs> they're they're school buses uh, that can travel sometimes up to sixty miles an hour, but that, that's not very fast when you're trying to go through when you got a lot lot to go. Um, we definitely have had some experiences like that. I've had ball games. Um, we play at seven thirty, be done at eight thirty, you still don't get in until one, two o'clock in the morning, and. Uh, Funny thing, I mean, some of them, boy, coaching is getting in at 2 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, you got to get ready to wake up because you got to be back at work at 7 uh, to get ready for the next week. So it's it's, 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 it's an ongoing process. Um, once football season once football season ends, it's, it's a job I love to do, but it's, there's not a day off. Um, like in 11 weeks, and besides open week, I may take one day off in, in 77 days. Um, it's just... Uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoons after we get kind of done with the, the week preparation. That, that's about the one evening I get off about five on a Saturday. I just depending on don't depend on who we're playing and all that. Get off about five o'clock on Saturday and have about f- five evening. Uh, Saturday evening about five. Of course, where I live about thirty minutes away from where I work, and so um, that's an extra thirty minute drive. So it'll be about once about get done about five o'clock, go home. See my wife, see my kids, hang out with them that night until it's time to go to bed. I wake up Sunday morning, go to church, and then get right back to it and get back to work until about ten o'clock Sunday night, and then Monday morning we're at school and start about seven o'clock in the morning, finish, get home about eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. So we always joke like up in Fort Worth when we talk about them, they're like pretty much when school's going, they're just nonstop. Like Brittany's up there, up there till at least. Five o'clock every day, it sounds yeah. like. And then the and, kids uh, will 
kind of get out of school and come hang out with her and her they'll classroom. Hang out with her. Or... They'll come see me at practice every once in a while. Um, definitely probably, probably the most special time as a coach is to see your family. Um, on Friday night, whether we win or lose, the first people I want to see after games is mm -hmm. them because um, I haven't seen them. Uh, definitely, if you're, you're down from from a loss, that's who you want to see. They'll they'll lift you up. But when you when you want to celebrate a win, that's, that's who I want to look at first. I just want to see my wife and my kids and and uh, our kids are really good. I mean, and and talking about Kenzie and Clayton, but also talking about like our high school kids. I mean, they in some ways they become my my kids. See how much I spend time with them and those high school kids. They kind of adopt them too. Uh, Clayton this past year was the T boy for our junior high. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Um, but that that's a way to get him on the sideline just to get used to the game. But also it's just, it's really important to see. Okay, dad. This is what daddy's doing. This is why daddy. This is why daddy's not home much. Um, and so it's definitely um, coaching's not for the weak-hearted. Um, but definitely, uh, it's definitely a lot of work. But like Brittany says, she's so special. Uh, she just supports what I do, um, and and she takes our kids to the games and and just just watch her. I mean, it's just it's awesome and get to see it, it becomes a family affair. And and a lot of the people you are with the community. You, you get to know them, and you get to um, get to talk to them, and, and just I mean, you live life together. That, that's 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 truly an important thing. And and I, and I tell my players too, it's like, man, I love you guys, but sometimes I need a day off from you because I need to go see my my real family. Yeah. And uh, but but as much as we are, we we are a family. Um, we get to I mean, I eat with those, I eat with eat with those kids, ride with those kids, practice with those kids. Um. A lot of kids I coach, I spend, I see them a lot more, and I see their parent. They'll see their parents. Um, it's just, it's just the way it is. But it, it's just a, uh, it's an opportunity to get to do it, and and definitely, Brittany. I mean, it, it takes a lot of work, but there's there's a lot of rewards. Um, I'm not gonna say there's a lot of financial rewards because they're not. Um, but at the same time, it's definitely um, there's some experiences I had to coach that I'll, I'll never trade. Um, because it's, I mean. I have two kids of my own, but I, there's, I mean, I've been in eight years, so I think I have like at least 500 kids that I consider my own kids. Uh, well, some of them are closer to others than, than others, but, um, but that, that's just how it is. So, yeah. I was gonna, or uh, it's it's interesting to me to get like a couple weeks ago we went down there to uh, go to my to Clayton's kindergarten graduation, and uh. It's just neat to see how close knit everybody is, and like the the older kids in the elementary came to the graduation to kind of, they were all happy for the kindergartners and stuff. Right, and it's, it's it pretty, seemed it's like everybody neat. kind yeah, of knew I mean, each other. And the thing is, is we're so small that I mean, we people don't get along just like as human, but a lot of it is they're so small and it's not like it's going to get any bigger. So you just get used to each other. And of course, I mean, the classes like especially you watch the high school class. Um, classes. Uh, one particular is going to be a class of juniors. There, there's there's only eight of them, um, and they're they're all different and they argue with each other sometimes. But I've never seen a class that close that they just they truly love each other and they care for each other because they're like this is this is all we got. This is who we are, and so they uh, they have that friendship. They have the, the family mentality. I mean, you don't always get along with your brother and sister, but you still always will. Uh, you always want to be around them, and eventually, uh, you, you draw close to them and. Um, and a lot of it is is people that were so small. It's like if I'm not friends with people, I'm not gonna have any friends. So I'd rather put aside a little differences to to get along because we're all here together than than just uh, 
isolate himself, which which is really cool because those high school, I mean those those um I grew, I mean I grew up in a medium sized school, uh, and people think well my school's small well not compared to compared to Eden my school was huge um, but uh, but the smaller schools the kids are the kids are a lot more uh, connected to each other their 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 friendships are deeper um, their friendships I think in a lot of ways are truer um, they definitely um, they get to experience a lot more life together uh, because there's not many people their age to experience it with. Um, especially, um, like I think in like big cities, you can always go hang out with somebody else from some other school and, and you got a lot of friends outside of school. Well, well, in Eden, there's not much to hang out with. And so those kids really hang out together. Um, a lot of, especially in high school, the freshmen are hanging out with the seniors because there ain't that many people to hang out with. So they just all hang out together and, and then build a friendships. And of course you got some that don't like each other and they have their differences and they have all that stuff. And, and that's, that's fine. But, but in general, they're, they're pretty close to each other. You were tell, telling us, because yeah, uh, this weekend's like all, it's kind of like high school graduation weekend pretty much. There's like, seems like there's like 15 or <laughs> not really that many, but anyway, we were, we were at our, uh, my step niece's graduation dinner and I don't know what, I guess step, yes. step niece-in-law, yeah, I, mean, uh, I don't know. I think she's still my step niece, but she's just, I mean, it's on the opposite side. It's not, it's on Brittany's side and Jeffrey's side of the family, not, not mine. So yeah, I think I think she'd still be our step niece. Probably. Probably. I I don't know. Anyway, uh, we we were talking about how big her class was, and then you had a. We were talking about, you know, like you go to these graduations where there's like hundreds and maybe like like eight hundred. I went to my cousin Savannah's graduation last year, and there's about eight hundred kids, and then I think there was another one that, that was like four hundred or, or whatever. And you were talking about the. We were, we were talking about how like they must be shorter when there's not as many kids, but oh, you were no. telling usually, that story about their the... graduations are usually longer, <laughs> um, usually longer, and like each school is different. Uh, some graduations are longer, uh, but they're they're more personalized. Um, your smaller schools, like a lot of the, a lot of the, the larger schools, you'll have a welcome, a valedictorian speech, a salutatorian speech, and pass out diplomas because that's going to take two hours. Um, Passing out diplomas at our side of schools takes five minutes, and so what they do is they make, they make it a lot more personal. Um, like a lot of some of the schools I was at, where they would do they would do a, each kid had like a five minute video in the graduation, thanking their family and doing stuff like that and and slideshows. And of course, if you have eight hundred kids, that would take twelve hours. Well, in, in a six man school, uh, it doesn't doesn't take that long. However, because they do so much more stuff. Sometimes those graduations are actually longer. Um, one of the schools I was at, their graduation was three hours, uh, but a whole hour of it was just just uh, just tribute videos by each of the kids. Um, and so, uh, but uh, and also like bigger schools will take a like a senior trip to Fiesta, Texas. I've been in a smaller school where they took a trip to Chicago for a week. Oh wow! Um, and I'm, other schools don't do that. Um, but again, that goes just goes that small town community. Uh, get to get to know them. Uh, yeah. So, but definitely, I, I, in my personal opinion, I would rather go to the one that a lot more personal, a lot less people than, than six hundred people. Uh, one of my cousins graduated. He had a class of nine hundred twenty-seven, and uh, I was like, it was unreal. And uh, he was. They started with A, and he was an S. So we were there two and a half hours. Uh, and then he finally got his name applauded, and 
we clapped and we left, and I think it went on for another 45 minutes to an hour before we before we left. I mean, we had already left, so. Um, <clears throat> okay, like I wanted to back back up kind of quite a ways because, um, like I I mean I know you you've always been into football, but I was kind of wondering like when you were a kid like how. How that kind of started, or do you remember being like a kid and starting to get into yeah, I think, sports um, and stuff? My dad loved sports, but I think I just always like just gravitated toward it. Um, I really don't know exactly why I did. I mean, my dad, um, but I always I gravitated, and maybe some of it was when I was three years old. I was diagnosed with ganglion neuroblastoma, uh, which is actually a cancerous tumor on the inside of my spine. And I spent a lot of time in Houston, and and I was only three, but I, that was I think when I got really really involved with Houston sports teams. Um, in fact, I'm still a diehard Astro fan, uh, a big Astro fan. And compared to marrying a Texas Ranger uh, girl was definitely an interesting thing. But they weren't in the same division back then. But um, when I married Brittany, but I, I mean I was I always loved sports. Uh, something my dad always would do. Uh, I lost my dad. A year before last to uh, Alzheimer's, um, but it was just connection. Uh, I remember just um, I remember always liking it. I remember I remember my first football game. I remember going to. I was four years old. It was in Uvalde, Texas, at a place called the Honey Bowl, uh, which is a high school football stadium, and it was between the Hondo Owls and the Uvalde Coyotes. Um, and it was I remember going to that, and I remember enjoying it. And then of course the community I, I grew up in Wall, uh, Wall's a uh, farming community 12 miles east of San Angelo, uh, 3A high school, about 75, 80 kids a class. Um, sports was a real big deal to them, and I always wanted, I always looked up to them. Um, I loved watching football on Saturdays. I loved watching pro football um, on Sundays. But that, but that, the biggest thing I, I loved was the high school football, just watching it. Um, my parents, uh, when we moved to Wall, uh, in ninety uh, in eighty eight not ninety eight eighty eight we uh we started going to wall games and we some friends and there's some uh there's some friends that they've been friends thirty five years now and they still go to football games every every Friday night they still travel to football games together and they sit together at home games but it's always such a big deal it's such a community um and uh, there were some guys that uh I remember just just loving sports and 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 I played I mean I remember playing baseball my brother played baseball with me the first year and he hated it. And I love baseball, and and I looked up to. I mean, I mean, looked up to baseball. I remember. I mean, I love sports. Uh, definitely, baseball and football were definitely my two loves. Um, but I play almost almost anything. Just just to play is is what we did socially, but it was also um, what we did um, for entertainment. Uh, we didn't go to watch many movies. Uh, we'd go every once in a while to movies, but we we didn't do much. But a lot of our entertainment revolved around sports and. And, and growing out up in the country, I mean, I lived, my parents had about two acre yard, uh, two acre, two acre yard, that under nineteen pecan trees. It gave me a lot of places to play, and uh, I'd go play uh, sports games all the time. Also, another thing is we didn't really have many Nintendos yet. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember getting our first Nintendo like about three years after everybody else did, but it was just something we did. We just we went and played and. Uh, I just did, and I think it was my dream. I remember talking, having a conversation with my mom at one time. I was gonna, um, I was gonna set the record for the most home runs, um, in Major League Baseball history. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how hard it was at that. I mean, I was six. I didn't realize how hard it was to even get in the league. Um, but of course, when you're a kid, when you're a little kid, you 
think all things are possible. And so, um, definitely, um, I've loved sports since then. I, um, I love being, I guess, being around friends, uh, being competitive. I still hate, I hated losing as a kid. I still hate losing. Um, I just, I just enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's a great way to get physical activity. Um, and it's just, it's just the form of entertainment I choose. Um, and I've, and I've just loved it. And I've had guys that, there are guys that grew up at Wall, I can still tell you. I mean, I saw one in the night. He was 10 years older than me, and I still remember his football number, what position he played, and he played in the early 90s. And um, <laughs> But then there was this guy, I remember, um, like, that's where my heroes were. I mean, I didn't really know the pro players very well. I didn't know the college players, but I knew, like, the high school heroes. I mean, watching them play. I mean, when you're six, you don't realize he's only a 17-year-old kid. But you you forget about it. But they're they're your heroes, and and there was a guy that um a guy named Chad Meyer. Um, I'm 35 years old, and he he was a hero to me when I was nine, and I still look up to the guy. Um, and uh, I'd love my Friday nights. I'd look forward all day to watch go to the pep rally on Fridays, listen to fight song, watch Chad walk through the tunnel and the our little run through sign. They didn't have tunnels back then, but run through sign at the pep rallies, and then uh watch them on Friday nights. That, that that was my entertainment. That's what I looked for. And um, I remember I was in fifth grade. I got I got a replica football jersey and a replica football helmet, and the football jersey was number 18 because that was Chad's number. And um, hmm. wow. definitely, um, and a lot of it is, is the impact he had on me. He was he was a fan, He was a friend of a friend, but he really just, uh, anytime I was there, he kind of always, like, like, I was a little kid, but he let me hang out, and, and he'd always choose me to be on his team, and, and I thought that was such a that was such a world. He was such a positive influence on my life that, um, I, and, I, and I forget about that. And that, that's, that's a big reason I love sports is just the people I'm involved. But really, that was our entertainment. And so I, I think that's kind of kind of how I got into it. So, man, talking about it's like digging deep in here, Jeffrey. Well, Bring I mean, back I, some memory. <clears throat> no, it's good stuff. That's a lot of stuff I hadn't heard before. I mean, I've known since I met you, like, probably 2003 or four or somewhere yeah, we, in there. Brittany and I started dating in November 2003, so we've been we've been together almost 15 years. We've been married 12, but we've been a couple for about 15 years, so. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I, knew, I, know, I know you're, it's obviously a big part of your life, but I didn't, I, I didn't, I've never, I don't know if I've talked to you about when you were young and how you got into everything. Yeah. And all that. Um, I'm trying to think what else other questions I had for you. Well, okay, like we've kind of covered a lot of sports stuff. Like, what about non-sports stuff? Is it you know, like, uh, what do you do when you're not coaching? Um. <laughs> yeah. What do I do when I'm not coaching? I sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> Um, no, I spend some time with my family. Um, some definitely, definitely other interests I have is, uh, Jeffrey knows his barbecue. I, I love barbecue, um, which is really hard right now. I'm, I'm trying, at the, at this moment, as, as this podcast, uh, I'm trying to be on a diet, which has uh, been yeah. very successful, but barbecue is not uh, the most conducive or the best thing for, for my diet. And, um, but definitely barbecue, and, and a lot of it is, I'm not a, I'm not a... Yeah, talk about this diet, huh? Oh, okay, I'll, I'll get there in a okay, minute. Okay, go but, ahead. Uh, a pyromani- I'm not a pyromaniac, but a country boy, there's something There's something soothing about the soul just sitting and staring at a fire. Um, and something smooth, and something, to me, I could just sit in the pit and, and smell smoke and wa- watch meat turn into a 
a raw piece of meat turn into something that's that's very delicious and very eye appealing, but also very delicious. It's definitely part of my culture. Um, probably also that was probably something I used to always do with my dad. That it's a memory. Um, uh, just a love. Um, so but uh, the diet I'm on, I'm, I'm working with a health coach. Um, changing my diet, how I do things. Um, I'll, I'll gain too much weight. Uh, <laughs> coaching, believe it or not, is pretty stressful. Um, also, when you're around, you think you'd be in great shape because when you're around athletes all the time, you wanna, you think you wanna do it too. No, when you when you get old, you, when you're around it so much, you kind of, kind of lose your passion for it. Sometimes <laughs> to do it yourself, you want everybody else to be fit, uh, but you kind of let your body go. And and I got up to a weight that is not very, uh, not very good for my health. Um, definitely, I want to be, I want to be around for my kids. Um, and so I definitely I'm trying to lose weight. Uh, so far right now, I'm a little, a little over a month um, meeting with the health coach and trying to eat right, and I've lost 32 pounds, uh-huh. uh, which is really, really fast. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely under some uh, some guidance. It's not not starving myself to death. I'm not uh, doing things, but it's it's definitely um, something just to help ease, your, ease all my joints, but help me do um, to have more energy, but to also just uh, to be around my kids and do, do my job better. Um, trying to trying to inspire others to, to work hard. I gotta work hard myself. Uh, so that's kind of like that's a, that's a, that's my passion right now. And, and there's some goals that I've got set that I want want to do just to just to say I can do them. Um, that's definitely um some stuff I'm I'm losing weight for. Uh, it's not just lose weight because I'm worried about my self image or anything. I'm, I'm I want, there's some things I want to do that I know um that losing some weight would make it a lot easier to to accomplish. Do you feel better just? Physically, uh, physically, I feel a ton better. Um, I'm not as sluggish. I'm tired because my exercise is wearing me out. <laughs> yeah. But not. I don't like. I feel it's a different kind of tired. It's more of a physical tired instead of just just constantly feeling like I'm in a fog or I'm tired or, or something like that. So. But yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been good. So. It's well, a pretty interesting diet, or as far as like. Um, I guess you buy the food. To- uh, it's, it's with the it's with the program. I really don't want to okay go too okay. much into it. Cause prop, I don't want to mess with proprietary or whatever that word is. It's just essentially I eat five to small six meals and then one big meal a day. And we were out eating barbecue yesterday and kind of felt bad for Clay because uh, he had to step out. But and- like, like I said, I, I step out just because I'm so tempted by it and I want to be true to it but it's, it's one of those it's like i'm doing it for me i'm not i don't want anybody to feel guilty i don't want anybody to to, to worry about it it's it's yeah. my choice i'm doing it. it's not i'm not gonna make everybody else do it with me and like, i'm not gonna make everybody else miserable feel, i want them to feel sorry for me which is it's my choice i'm i'm happy with it you seem like you're doing real well just committing to it i think that's when people get start a diet or whatever they're doing a lot of times it's like that's the trickiest part is just actually doing it uh, i think it. i think what's uh probably and this is something i've thought about a lot is what's probably propelling my success so much has been my failures uh, I've, I've failed so many times with a diet that's like man i don't want to fail again and so it's it's committed and a, and a lot of stuff and this is something i've been learning about about myself um and it's been, definitely been a, been a learning experience for myself is uh but something that i i've learned is that um but you gotta find something worth fighting for, and 
definitely something worth uh, keep going uh, for. And, and and we all have our wants and needs, but if it's not something that's going to help you toward your goal, it's really not not beneficial. Um, and the uh, the the pain of discipline to not do something like to, like not to eat. Um, it hurts a little bit, but definitely not hurting the regret. Uh, regret hurts a lot more, and it's a lot more work. Um, instead of, it's a little work now, and a lot of reward later, or it's a lot of work later, and uh, still not so much reward. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely was craving that barbecue, but when I left, I was like, man, okay, I'm good. And now I don't have to work extra hard to get rid of any weight I gained from that. Don't worry, I mean, I'm definitely... I want to eat barbecue again, and once I get to a weight that I know I feel comfortable in and feel healthy with, I definitely want to get back to that. I, mean, I definitely want to go back. I would love a brisket sandwich from Lums right now. Lums is my favorite place to eat barbecue um, down in Junction, Texas. If you ever get a chance, oh yeah, yeah, go eat, go eat there. Um, good people, but uh, definitely, definitely want to get back to it. It's just uh, uh thing is, it's just a lot of big goals I'm learning about myself is to get to the big goals there's a lot of little small decisions a lot of small little habits um it's a lot of small little things to make up um to get something big it's not one big commitment it's it's instead of just like I'm not going to eat this today instead it's it's constantly making little decisions to make big to make big gains I guess is what I'm kind of getting it's like trying to kind of rewrite your habits but having to kind of really think of the I mean, that's the hardest thing to me is just when you're so used to right. like eating a certain way or just not exercising and, or whatever. And one of the things I've definitely learned, uh, I didn't know we were going to diet, but it's pretty cool. And something definitely, one of the things I, uh, I've learned is um, is how much food is a part of our culture. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, when you think about it in America, I mean, what do we do for culture? We eat. And I think that's around the world. I mean, it's people like, I mean... Think about Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Christmas. What do you want to do? You want to get together with family. Well, what, what is most of that time you spend with family surrounded by? It's surrounded by food. Yeah. And, and it's um, and we we associate and that that's been kind of a struggle. We associate um, relationships with food in so many ways. I mean, uh, and and a lot of it is 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 we we want the goodness of being in the company of others, but if we're in the company of others, we might as well eat instead of enjoying the company of others. We kind of focus on the food so much and uh that's definitely been something uh something i've learned is is like yesterday at the parties like instead of focusing on food it's like i enjoyed being in relationships and that was had some great conversations yesterday and that was that was definitely fun uh i mean it's it's a lot easier to have a conversation with a piece of brisket not sitting right in front of you but if you have the <laughs> you able to have the willpower you can still have the conversation and so the the main part of that i mean the main part of the celebration is to get together uh, not to eat, but, but culture, food is such a big part of our culture, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just I'm just I know I'm I wasn't very good at limiting my culture, and and and, and I'd eat so much that it just uh, it caused a problem. And a lot of it, it's, it's not just one meal is going to make it bad. It's just the habits. A lot of it's just habits. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with going to celebrate and and having a good meal and having a big meal, even if you consider it like a a bad meal. I mean. I mean, I'm looking forward to it too, eventually. But it's, uh, but I want to get get my goal right now. And so, I mean, it's all about priorities in life. It's all, I mean, that's all it really is. And so, and a lot of it is, is or like you were saying, is uh, if you were just kind of in your own 
kind of back at home and kind of in your own kind of world doing your thing it'd probably be easier to, oh, it's to way keep easier. to your, your schedule it's, it's it's way easier here it's like here it's been a struggle this weekend because i'm not in my normal normal habits so uh even if you, you think you're not getting in a habit you sometimes you get in a bad habit just because it's easy um and so definitely definitely did the hot diet learning learning i'm tougher than i actually am uh, that i can say no to stuff um at the same time it's a uh, Definitely helped with the relationship. Uh, Brittany's very supportive, and uh, in some ways, that's helped our marriage. Uh, not that our marriage was at a bad place; it's, it's, it's a great marriage, and it's at a really good place. And uh, definitely uh, married a good one there. Uh, married into a good family. Uh, definitely. Oh come on. Nah, I, I'm truly blessed. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> I think I think this is kind of uh, it's kind of interesting, uh, Jeffrey. You talked about uh, uh, for those that don't know, uh, we're recording in. Uh, Chuck, uh, my father-in-law, Jeffrey's dad's office, um, uh. and J- I think you're telling me I'm nervous a little bit earlier. Uh, this is actually the room where I talked to your dad about marrying Brittany. Really? Yes. And so this is a lot more comfortable talking about whatever we're talking about in here than it was when uh, I asked your father if I can marry Brittany. Uh, definitely, I'll tell a funny story on that, and I don't know if you know this or not. And you're Probably not. Probably not, but uh, I'll never forget. It. And Chuck's an amazing father-in-law. Uh, definitely, um, definitely, truly blessed uh, by him. Um, wow. Uh, God definitely watched out for me getting in this. Uh, was watching out for me by putting Brittany in my life. Uh, definitely, his family means a lot to me. Um, but uh, the funny story is the day I came and asked uh, your dad for your for Brittany's hand in marriage. It was actually July fourth. And we came up here, and we were, it was on a Sunday. We were, we were about to go to David and Paul's and shoot off fireworks later that afternoon. And uh told him all this, and your dad, uh, and Chuck's a very man that knows his Bible well, and and uh great Christian man, but after he told me all this stuff about, uh, we talked a while, and he goes, well, Clay, let me, let me tell you this. He goes, in the Old Testament, uh, when a man wanted to marry a woman, he would always give the, uh, the uh, father of the bride um, some gift, a dowry. And he was telling me this whole long story, and I was like, yes, sir, yes, sir. And your dad looked me square in the eyes and goes, so what are you giving me? And uh, I was like, uh, and he just started laughing. And then and then right after that, he he, uh, he gave me uh, his uh, permission to marry. And, and the story is, is we uh, actually um, proposed to Brittany a week later. Uh, we were engaged for about five months, and then we kind of, uh, just some stuff happened, and we actually broke up for a few days. Um not that we just needed to just kind of slow down and um eventually about a year about and we went back to just being boyfriend girlfriend like man let's just we know we want to get married but we just need to slow down and and do some stuff and, and get our lives kind of a little more order and about i guess that was about a year and a half later when when Brittany and i decided we were gonna get married for real um i called your dad up to uh and i was trying to surprise Brittany. i was gonna come up to fort worth and surprise her I tried to call your dad to ask for permission. He didn't uh, just to make sure I still had permission, and he's uh, he didn't take he he missed my call and then he uh, he called Brittany and goes Brittany why is Clay calling me? And Brittany goes Dad, and and Chuck was like what? And he goes Clay's probably gonna propose. Dad, oh no! Like he ruined <laughs> your dad almost ruined the surprise for the 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 time we actually got engaged and. But it was okay. I came that later that weekend. We got engaged, and of course, that was in January. We got married uh, that May. Um, 
and in your aunt and uncle's backyard. Yeah. Which they, they just sold that house, so I don't know if I ever get to go back to where I get. This is where I got married, and and now it's like they, I don't know if it's a business or somebody's backyard or what it's gonna be, but. Yeah, uh, my uncle David and Paula. David's my d- dad, uh, who's who he's talking about. That's uh, dad's brother, and uh, they moved into this house. It was out in the country in Haslett in like 1985 and now it's uh built up a bunch around there there's a bunch of like neighborhoods and houses some ways and it's stuff. become like the up house I mean it's yeah. like everything's moved around it and it it's like it was out in the country and now there's so much around it it's kind of in the house where the whole fa- the family's always gone for Christmas and Thanksgiving well, yeah, they, they and they everything they had a game room and, and uh, there's some uh, a couple of Jeffrey's cousins they're all they're all girls and they're all married and that's kind of where the husbands, uh, we'd always hang out. And that's about the, the first place I learned to like work my way into. And and still, after going there for, we've been married 12 years, so either Thanksgiving or Christmas every year, it's usually the four son, the four son-in-laws of David and Chuck were all all in one room. and So that's, that's, that's where we always go. go we're usually watching something sports too. So. And uh, they, they uh, just, uh, just like in the last, week uh their their house is being sold so that it's someone's i don't want to get too i don't, won't get too far into all that but they it's going to be turned into a business and it's kind of this I, we're excited for david and paula to get to move oh, into absolutely. a new place I mean, they're great people and it will make new memories in the new place it's just it's one of those is like when you when you come into it and this is how it is and all of a sudden it's not going to be how it is it's, it's always a little different and like wow. he was saying, they got they actually got married in the backyard at David's house, which is kind of the, I don't know, it, it's kind of, uh, it's always been there to where you could take the kids and be like, this is where we got married, right. and now and it's kind of like a... anniversary, uh, Brittany and I kind of went on a tour of places, and that's one of the places we took, is I took her back to where we, uh, where we got married, and that was definitely a uh, cool experience. And so, but uh, this cool thing is just like, Brittany and I just built a house of our own. We've been lived in it almost a year now, um, and it's been really cool to watch. Like that's a place we make memories. I mean, we we have a nice enough house as we had my family Christmas at my house for the first time ever, and that was definitely definitely an experience. Um, definitely something cool. That was the first time ever that our kids get to wake up Christmas morning in their own house because um, we've always yeah. either at my mom's or, or or up here in Fort Worth. Yep. I think one other time we woke up, she got to wake up, Kenzie got to wake up, and it was actually two days before Clayton was born, and so Kenzie wasn't even three yet, so, oh, yeah. but, uh, that was definitely, definitely, definitely a cool, cool adventure, man, I've definitely been blessed over my life, I've been through a lot, uh, but it's just crazy how, how some of the memories, I mean, when I think about that, Brittany and I have been married 12 years, it's like, that's crazy, it's, it's, that's long, and I know compared to 50, 60 years, it's not long, but. Um, seeing other couples that got married after us that are no longer couples, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that, that we're still together. Um, and I still love her. I love her a lot more now than I ever did, and that's definitely been been a blessing to my life and, and definitely couldn't imagine my life without her or this family and just uh, pretty cool. So here I am uh, recording a podcast. So it's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, this po- podcast like like... Uh... I think when I, I, I kind of got, I did it a little while ago. I've said this a few, like, I don't know, probably on every podcast, but there was a big year or two break where I didn't really do it. And then I started it up near the end of last year, 2017. And, uh, 
it's kind of a it's kind of tricky to keep going with it because a, a lot of I think the better episodes are really when I get to talk to somebody and uh sometimes it's hard to find people who want to do it so I was kind of I was ex- it's always a relief when someone's like hey I want to be on your podcast like you every time I've seen you like the last couple months you're like uh, when are we gonna do this? I'm uh, like, I kind of want to. I've enjoyed it. It's just it's part of my personality. Um, I think I'm getting a little better at radio. The only other time, it's like third time I've ever been interviewed. The first time, I got interviewed after a football playoff game, and and really they didn't want to talk to me. They wanted to talk to our head coach, but our head coach was busy, so they just asked me to come up there and and he interviewed me after the game. And I think I said the same phrase like 15, 20 times. <laughs> I just listened to it, and uh, and then about this past football season, I got interviewed on the radio. Uh, this, uh, the local, one of the local broadcasters does a, does a sports huddle show every night and every Monday, every Monday night and he invited me and interviewed me and that was pretty cool. But this is, this is definitely easier to relax because A, it's my brother-in-law who I've known almost 15 years. I mean, thought about memories. I still remember you. The first time I met you was I think at D, uh, DFW or Love Field, but you were coming in oh. from Nashville mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, there's my family who I hadn't seen in a while. And all of a sudden there's this boy, who's this? Oh yeah, this is, this is my sister's, uh boyfriend and, and now husband yeah the first i moved back like 2009 and before that y'all had been together for a while where i, I would come home maybe once a year right and I, I really didn't see my family a lot during that time but you know that's when you guys were getting getting together and uh dating and all, all this stuff and then when you got married that was like a flying in and i really hadn't spent a whole lot of time with you in those years i think a lot yeah and definitely since you moved back i mean you've been back almost nine years now that, that's crazy to think about that yeah but i think it's hilarious that like a lot of our friendships and and and, and a lot of our relationship is built over like hey we're going to the store you want to go with me um <laughs> like seriously true. how many conversations have we probably had just sitting there hey uh we need something from the store all right jeffrey you want to go Come on, let's sure. go let's go let's go uh, at the same time, though, I think a lot of times with Chuck, I, I'm not a sit around the house guy. Um, I'm becoming more of one of those the older I get, but I definitely, uh, it's like, hey, you want to go to Walmart? Yeah, let's go to Walmart. Um, and Jeffrey can tell, man, you should get my mom on here sometime. And that, that could be, be a, that'd be a podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole other story with Jeffrey, Walmart, my mother. Um, it was when it was, uh, it was when my son was born. Yeah. Clayton was, or Brittany was at the hospital uh in labor i don't it would have been the okay it would have been december 26th 2011 yes because he was born the next he day he was born on the 27th uh, and, and that, that's that, that, I, I like to tell that story not not about my mom but about, about clayton um, oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, i tell you uh being a football coach man all, all i wanted was my quarterback uh and i already had a daughter i was like i got my cheerleader i want my quarterback and um uh, when, when we found out Brittany was pregnant uh with her second child and uh I remember it was during two days, uh, and uh, which is actually a very busy time for a coach. Went to two days, and that's when we went to the sonogram. And uh, my my head coach who I worked for at the time was was a very gracious man and a very very good man. And uh, he's like, Coach, I don't want you at practice. I want you to go with your wife to get that sonogram. That's more important. Uh, football practice will be there when you get back. And I mean, I learned a life lesson there. But I remember going to the sonogram, and the doctor's like, Yep, pretty sure it's a girl. Man, I'll. I was trying to have a brave face, but I was upset. I was like, no, I wanted a boy. And I found out another girl. I remember in, in, in the the doctor doctor we went to, uh, the doctor that actually uh, delivered uh, our child, um, she's like, she was an hour away, and so I had to drive an hour back 
and uh, drove an hour back, just kind of sulking in myself, saying, "Okay, I'm gonna have a girl." And just well, then as soon as I walk in, I walk back into the coach's office and I go back to work and walk in the coach's office, and there are all the coaches. As soon as I open the door, every coach on my staff looks at me and is like, "Another girl." And I remember our head coach goes, "Ah!" And like everybody's like, just 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 razz me, and um, that and that was in, in August. Well, in, in December, um. We knew we knew the baby was gonna be due around the first of the year, late December. Uh, we were just hoping to make it. We were hoping to make it before Christmas, but before New Year's, or after Christmas, but before New Year's, uh, just so insurance we didn't have to pay more on insurance. Um, a lot of adults could probably understand that. And and so um, I remember it was about two days before we got out of Christmas. Uh, my high school principal Melissa, uh, we were just I was in the office. She goes, Coach, you're gonna have a boy. It's like, no, Melissa, I'm telling you, we saw the sonogram, it's a girl. And she's like, Coach, I'm telling you, it's going to be a boy. I was like, oh, well, thanks for being encouraging, Melissa. And, and there's a boss I work for, they're really respected. And, um, but I was like, thanks, but no, it's going to be a girl. Um, night we go in, I remember they induced, and, and Clayton was born the next uh, next afternoon. And I just remember as soon as, uh, I'm having a conversation with, the, as soon as Clayton was born, I have a conversation with, uh, the nurse, and I noticed, I was like, that's not a girl. And Britain, I'm having a conversation, actually, I'm having a conversation with a doctor. And the doctor's like, nope, it's not a girl. And then at the same time, Brittany's having a conversation with the nurse. And the nurse goes, I thought you were having a girl. And Brittany's like, well, we didn't? And they're like, oh, no, that's a little boy. Um, and you want to talk about, like, I was happy for my child. I was going to love it no matter what, and, and I was at peace at it. But I'll tell you, I was on cloud nine for about three days. Um, I think everybody, I remember, I remember, and, and, and I remember walking out, and like right before Clayton was born, his, his heart rate went a little lower, and so there was some nervousness. Well, I was, I was, I come out of the room crying because I'm so excited that it's a son. Well, my mom and, and Sherry, Jeffrey's mom, and and um I was there, I remember. Yeah, Jeffrey and, and and Kenzie, our daughter was only three at the time, or not even three. Um but I'm crying, well they think something really, really bad has happened. And I just remember announcing I was like, as of four nineteen PM, Clayton Grady Garmin was born and they're like, What? It's a boy? I was like, It's a boy. And uh I mean just everybody was so so excited and uh except for Kinsey. Uh <laughs> Kinsey was so bad. Uh, she was so upset. I remember she was crying, and it's like I wanted a sister. And I think you may even I have, have a, some of that. I on have video a video. I had a it. camera right in her face yeah, when she was like, doing this. So, so here she is, like not even three years old. She's got a camera in her face, and and just talking about it. And then eventually, though, she gets used to it. And uh, I think by the end of the night, she kept telling different visitors, "Is like, hey, uh, she's a boy or something like that." She kept saying that. That was a pretty cool memory. A pretty cool story. Uh, and it just uh, really, really, it was really, really a cool time, um, and and that spun on uh, the story about Jeffrey, my mom. But I'll we'll save that one for for another day. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, man, God's been good to me. Uh, really, really good life, and um, I'm really blessed. A lot of a lot of people been in. I've been a lot of places, Brittany. I've been a lot of places, but got to know a lot of people. Uh, I meet a lot of people. Um, I wouldn't say I like driving to big cities, but Fort Worth is probably the biggest city I'm comfortable with, uh, just because I'm here all the time. I mean, I actually can tell you how to get to to, to Sherry's house or to get to here and to Chuck and Brenda's house, and it's definitely 
Not that I like the city, but I guess I'm used to driving it. It's it's out. always every time if it's just Brittany that's coming up, she's like just hands me the keys. Yeah, she's as like, soon as she gets to the house, everywhere. like hey. And the funny thing is, is I, I was born on a country road. I mean, I've been I probably drove before it was legal for me to drive. I'm just gonna say that without self-incriminating myself too much. But uh, I uh, learning learning to. Uh, I drove on country roads where there's nobody coming for 30 minutes, and I'm the one driving Fort Worth. And Brittany, who was raised up here, won't drive in Fort Worth. I think yeah. that, that that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so she hates it. Like I mean, and a lot of times, like if we're riding together, I'm driving because I, to me, driving is helps pass the time faster. I guess I don't. That's that's kind of my my thought process on it. It it, it I see where she's coming from because it, it is pretty stressful driving around here and they're always changing something you like this lane used to get you to the right place but now you got to be in this and, and they, that may be it it's like i don't know what it's supposed to be and yeah. so it's nothing new to me like it's like oh okay yeah i mean yeah so all right uh you had mentioned that you had some kind of like funny i, I funny funny stories um Definitely, uh, one of the ones I want to share. Um, kind of getting back to the, co- back to the coaching, coaching kind of um, stuff. I, I talk about coaching. Coaching is definitely a blessing, uh, definitely a ministry. Um, there's a couple stories I'm going to tell. And I'm telling all these kids is, is is because I have utmost respect for these kids. I love these kids. Um, they're now grown men. Um, and they're, they're uh, stories that a treasure. Um, Meadow, the first place I worked at was, was very special to me. Um, but I, in two years I was there, I gained a lot of knowledge and a lot of love of those kids in that community. And, and we left and the reason we left was, was more, probably more financial than anything. And if I had back to do it, I'd probably go back to that place. If I could go back to the part of my life that was one coaching job, I would never would have left or wouldn't have left as soon. And, but I definitely special. There was a, group of them and one one of the young men i'm gonna talk about is a kid that uh, ultimately is a he's a one of my biggest blessings in life and and i'm just gonna call him john that's not that's not his real name but just for uh personality um or just for i don't want to make fun of him and protect the kid but uh this particular guy named john he um when john was a kid he had a i think he's like seven or eight he had a go-kart accident and he uh, knocked out like four of his front teeth Oh. And uh, and he got a he had a partial plate and uh, John 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 wasn't uh, very uh, wasn't the the best player we had but he was always working hard and he, he was not a bad athlete uh, but definitely not a bad basketball player well we uh, we were, we made we made the playoffs we were pretty good and and um, we we made it to the second round and, and and their playoff game was about two and a half hours from home and the game we had to play that night that particular night was. Like at eight o'clock at night, so we didn't get done till like ten. Uh, then this is a school night, so on a Tuesday night, well, we go eat at a pizza place, and um, we go eat at a pizza place, and we're about to leave, and then all of a sudden John starts getting sick, and um, so John throws up all all over this box, and so um, this cardboard box we had on the bus, and so we're like John, just get just just get rid of it, and so uh, he. Uh, he just gets rid of the box, throws it away, and we drive. And, I, and like I said, this is this is already eleven o'clock at night. And we still got a two hour drive. Well, we get about forty five minutes out of town, like heading back home. All of a sudden, John steps up and starts yelling on the bus. 
Stop, coach. You got to stop. Why? It's like, why, John? Coach, my teeth. What about your teeth? Coach, they're gone. We drove 45 minutes back so he could go to a dumpster and find his partial teeth. Oh, my gosh. And use water bottles and wash them off. And we finally got home like at one thirty in the morning. So he was able to find. He was the able teeth. to. He went like he went and dumpster dove and found his teeth. Oh my gosh! And and it was definitely and maybe it's not as funny as it is, but it was a memory that we always shared, and it was just <laughs> it was hilarious. And, and now he he's got his he's got teeth done, redone. But like he he did it and like professionally, he done how a partial plate and and he's gone up to be gone grown up to be to be a successful man. He's married. I couldn't be any more prouder of him, and it was definitely just a, just a story that that is definitely one of those like at the at the night it wasn't very funny, but looking back now it's it's a great memory and mm-hmm. and I really enjoy it and like I said I'm not trying to make fun of the kid, uh but it was just a uh, I never I had to turn around to go find teeth in a dumpster <laughs> at, at midnight in Florida Texas, uh definitely 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 a memory I have. Um, you probably have hundreds of. Stories like that. Yeah, with I mean, kids. And just and just and that, and that I think that's 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 probably the uh, most special part about it is just just you live life with them and the funny stories and and and, and stuff. Um, one of the guys I grew up with high school, he's still still one of my close friends. Uh, we're thirty five years old. I'll I'll be thirty five later this month, and uh, we're thirty five years old. And we still talk about some of the stories from from when we were in high school, and that and that's the memories. And and I think that's such a huge blessing is is when those guys. When those guys become my age, when they become in their fifties and they start talking about their stories and they get together and have memories and reunions, they start telling stories that I get to be a part of those stories. And that that I think that to me is, is if, if I'm part of somebody's history and hopefully I have a positive influence on them, if I have a positive influence and I'm part of their history, uh, man, that, that's such an honor. Um, I'll tell you, kind of go back to um, why I got into coaching and stuff. Um, my dad, like I said, died of Alzheimer's in November 16. Um, one of the things that was so special about him, my dad... My dad was from a poor farm boy that was kind of a troublemaker. Um, nobody really. His dad was a workaholic. His mom, uh, she was a little off kilter. Um, anyway, uh, he he didn't have much for his life. And um, my dad talked about his sophomore year. There was a football coach and principal named Charles Kelso that uh, that looked at my dad and goes, "Jim, I think you can play football. Come play football with me." And, and he mentored my dad. And he loved my dad for three years when my, my mom and dad played football for him. Um, my dad died at the age of 74 to Alzheimer's, but I think the last conversation I really, the last actual conversation I had with my dad was probably a year prior uh, in, in the summer of 2015, right, right before we put him in a nursing home. And uh, the last conversation, and my dad didn't even know who I was, didn't even know who he's talking to, but the one thing he wanted to talk about was his high school football coach, Charles Kelso. <laughs> and that's 52 wow. years. That's over 50 years since he played for the guy. And, I mean, that's, I mean, and so that, that how that man had an influence on my dad who had an influence on me, I'm hoping someday that maybe, 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 maybe I can have an influence on that. Oh, you will. I mean, I, totally. So. That's what I was just thinking just now is like, I mean, it, pe- pe- the jobs people do and just the, uh, not everybody gets to do a job that that means that much to somebody at, at such a pivotal time when they're young, you know. Right, and that's the thing is, that a lot of people, and it breaks my heart is, like, I mean, teachers are getting out of droves, and and a lot of the money and the financial situations and stuff, 
but but it's definitely it's definitely a love of the heart. Um, it's good to talk about it because some days when you want to get mad at kids or understand or days you hate your job, you realize kind of kind of get down and sit down and have talks about this. It kind of makes you realize you do what you do and why you do it. And, and I think that if it goes to anything in life is is it's not about what you do or how much money you make is what what you're impacting and what what you who are you impacting and how are you being impacted i think that's the most important things into life and definitely like something i've learned through coaching it's not always about um what kind of athletes you're with or what kind of like how, like athletic ability is but what kind of the, part, the heart um that that'll tell me a lot more about a player and, and definitely um my passion i mean i want to win football games but my, my my passion is 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 to raise men um just to, to raise better human beings. I mean, we can we don't have to agree on everything. Um, everybody's got the right to like we talked about way long ago in this conversation. Uh, everybody's got the right to, talk, to to believe what they want to believe, but it's it's still we gotta get along together and 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 better better we get along with each other the in the best world this could be. So, well, I mean, I, I mean, for any for a kid, but for anybody to have like a positive influence in their life, just somebody to that they can trust that that's looking out for them, you know, like that, that really means a lot. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of the kids have good home, home lives, but maybe not all of them do. You, it's just neat that you can be kind of serve that, that kind of role in, in their lives. That I was thinking about when you were talking about that, what you were just saying, uh, when we were at Clayton's kindergarten graduation, uh-huh. uh, his teacher was giving her speech about I was like I would not be able to it was I was like I wouldn't have been able to make it through a speech like that because she's talking about like it's her first year of teaching these kids and like how much they mean to her and you're just like oh my god how are you doing this like I mean because part of your life and I think um something something I've learned is is definitely is some of the biggest blessings are not the games that I won but the I've been in my career long enough where kids that I coach are now grown men that have their own kids and I think the biggest blessing is when they come back and talk to you. Uh, are also seeing seeing kids you coached uh, succeeded. I mean, I had a kid uh, that that a coach that uh, this past month graduated with an engineering degree from Texas Tech. That's a huge deal. And uh, to see that, I mean, yeah, I was a sixth grade geography teacher and a seventh grade football coach, but but to see how you were part of shaping his life to where he's successful. And to see to see them successful, I think that that's more seeing other people succeed is definitely. Um, I I view success as seeing other people that I help succeed. I think that's that's, that's really key. And, and and talking to you, I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast just to just to remind myself that sometimes. Oh. Is it easy to I guess like like you were saying earlier, like it can be? Do you is it hard? Is it easy to lose sight of? All that, like, I guess in the middle of, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, in, in a lot of things, in a lot of work, whether you're, whether you're in music or whether you're in writing or whether you're in whatever, you, you lose sight of what you do, why you do it. Um, definitely. I definitely, I mean, a lot of, I mean, we got to have money to rule the world. I mean, to run the world. I think money rules the world. But uh, you got to have money to, to do stuff, and, and sometimes you lose sight of that. Um, I, mean, I think you, you lose sight of... Um, I, th- I think of Chuck. Sometimes, uh, when you're only cutting boards, you lose sight that you're building something. And when, uh-huh. and when uh, or when you, uh, when you, uh, 
when you're typing uh, like, like a book and you get frustrated and you hate hate typing but you realize that every every keystroke you have is one step closer to finishing a book I think that's really uh, really important I think that's kind of what I'm learning back with exercises every squat you do is it's not always fun but it's getting you one step closer or one little micro closer that um, and a lot of stuff is, is is true success is not what I've learned is true success is not a bunch of big things it's a bunch of little things added up um, so and I know I'm repeating myself but I think I think we just all like we all get down and we all get discouraged I think it's part of human nature um, and and what I notice is everybody wants to be somebody um, everybody wants to be appreciated as humans um, everybody wants to appreciate it everybody wants to to be known um, everybody wants to be cared for uh, in, in different levels but I think um, that, that it is easy to lose sight I mean after losing a ball game, a game you shouldn't have, and, and everybody's mad at you, and you, you're frustrated, and, and, and you're upset yourself, I think it's really hard. You lose sight sometimes. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Um, like, what lesson I need to learn from this? Uh, like, because what is, what's it going to, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what was what am I going to get out of this? It's going to affect lives for, I mean, like I said, I had a loss this year. I never want to come back ever on the sideline. And But I think that's not... It's not the right attitude. It's not right the right um, way to go. It's just to uh, it's just to keep on keep on working because what it really is is I'm gonna teach myself and teach my kids um, and to and hopefully teach others is like we gotta keep going. Um, life's gonna knock you down. Life's hard. Life sucks uh, sometimes, but you gotta keep on going. Um, uh, the best the best day is the next day, um, and so yeah. Yeah. Um. Trying to think if there's anything else we hadn't gotten to, really. I think we finished, got through most of my questions, pretty much. Uh, was there anything else you were want to I say? Know, I'm pretty good. I just uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, all those out in uh, Jeff Podcast Land. Hello, it was definitely definitely an honor and uh, definitely a blessing. So hopefully yeah. I'll get to do it again sometime. Maybe yeah. maybe it won't go so long, or maybe I'll be a little more focused, and so. But good stuff, man. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. Uh-huh. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. That's it. All right. Bye.